Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Good. Good to see you guys this morning. Welcome to Thrive. Uh, if you are here for the first time, I want to especially welcome you. Um, and really, you've come uh, at a really good time because uh, today is an important day. I'm going to be uh, kind of sharing with you some of the things that, that God has been doing in our body and what he's calling us to in the future. But I'm going to start by sharing uh, a story of my brothers and I. I grew up with two brothers, no sisters. I'm the oldest uh, and the shortest of, uh, of three boys. And uh, when my brothers and I were in college, um, we would occasionally just hang out. I lived with one of my brothers, and another one lived uh, at a different apartment, and we would occasionally just get together and hang out. And over the summertime, we were just always bored, just bored out of our skulls. And we would just sit around and do nothing and talk about being bored. And one one day, we were sitting at my uh, brother Mike's in my apartment, and uh, we were bored for about two hours together, and we, did, we were about to, you know, Andy was about to take off, the middle guy. And I said, hey, I've got an idea, you guys. What if, like, in the next 24 hours, we all went and got a tattoo, and then tomorrow we hung out, and we did, like, the big tattoo reveal? And they're like, yes, that is an awesome idea. Let's do it. And so I was like, cool. And so we kind of went our way, and everybody was sort of doing their own thing. And the next day, uh, we were hanging together, and my brother Andy walks in, and he's got a big smile on his face, and uh, he, uh, he said, Kevin, did you get a tattoo? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he said, Mike, what about you? And he's like, no way. And he goes, what? And he turned around and he had this ginormous shark on his back, like across his shoulder blades. And, um, and he was, he was excited about it. And he's like, it's, it's a pretty bad tattoo, right? I'm like, well, it's okay. I mean, your shark is smiling. And he said, he said, what? <laughs> it's smiling? I said, yeah, he's like got a big smile on his face. He's like, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and that began his tattoo journey. I, and Mike and I still don't have any tattoos. Um, but I actually did a, I did a, uh, Google search of tattoo fails this week. If you ever want to do an interesting Google search, just look up tattoo fails. My favorite one is the classic, well, that's no regrets. <laughs> Go to the no regrets. I love the no regrets tattoo. There it is right there. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this, but to me, this just screams. Uh, I, I just want to meet the person that did, the, not the, the guy that got the tattoo, but the, the tattoo artist here. Um, there's one that references God that I found here. Look at this one. See if you can figure this one out. Only God can fudge me. <laughs> I guess the tattoo artist couldn't make a J in that particular font or whatever. And then there's one more since we've got football season coming up here. What do you, what do you see there? Super Bowl 38, right? So um, we're going to talk a tiny bit about some regrets today. And I want to ask you guys, um, do you have any regrets in your life? Do you have any regrets? And that's like a rhetorical question, isn't it? We, I know that we all have regrets, something that we've done, something that we've said. Maybe it's something that we didn't do or didn't say that we that we regret. I, I have several, actually, um, and some of them are really, really small, like missing 
you know, Avengers Age of Ultron at the big screen. That's like a very, very minor regret. Not getting the chicken instead of getting, you know, I got the fish at the wedding. Those are minor regrets. Um, but then I have major regrets in my life too. I have a regret. Uh, I remember after being married to Molly for like 10 years, uh, I remember reminiscing fondly about the very, very early years of our marriage. And Molly had kind of like this blank look on her face. And I'm like, what? And she said, don't you know that I was really miserable for the first two years of our marriage? And I had no idea. And I felt so much sadness about that. And I wonder if you guys have uh, anything along those lines like you. And we don't have to dig very deep uh, in our lives to think about things that we regret. And they just suck the life out of our lives, don't they? But I want to say this, you guys. Think about this. Just imagine for a moment, if you could, with me. Just think about what would your life be like if five years from now, or 10 years from now, or 30 years from now, or whenever you're kind of at the end of this thing, this journey that you're on, what if you were able to look back at your life, and you were to to look back, and there wouldn't be many regrets there at all because of some key decisions that you made today. Because of important life decisions that you made today in this season. And so this morning, I want to talk to you guys about how we can regret-proof our lives. Because it turns out, now this is important, listen to this, it turns out that engaging in the things that God is inviting us to as a church might actually be one of the most powerful things that we can ever do to regret-proof our lives, to individually and corporately live fully and abundantly and purposefully. And you guys have heard us talk a lot uh, lately about the kind of Christians that we want to be, about the kind of followers of Jesus that we want to be. And we don't want to be a run-of-the-mill church. We just don't. And we don't want to be run-of-the-mill Christians. We want to be the type of people and the type of church that God always dreamed of in his heart when he thought of Thrive, when he birthed Thrive in his own heart millennia ago. We want to rise to everything that God dreamed that we could be and that we would be, and nothing less than that, right? And we want to be a church that, that changes and transforms people's lives, both the people that come to this church that call Thrive their home family, and we want to be a church that transforms our community around us, that brings God's life and the kingdom of God all around us. That's what we're called to. We're not called to anything less than that. And so the way that we've been, de- been describing um, this pursuit of God and this type of person that we want to be, you've heard us say it if you've been here for a while lately, and that is that we just want to be an on-fire people. We want to be people that are simply on fire for God. That's the only way that we can describe it. We want to burn with passion, with zeal for the for love of God, for love of people, for people in this church. We want you to come in here and know that you are deeply and dearly loved and known and needed in this place. And we want to transform Rangrove Village and Palatine and the surrounding communities by the presence and by the love of God. We want to burn with that passion. Do you guys know who John Wesley is, right? The old-time uh, preacher. He, uh, he said a, a very sort of a famous thing about his preaching, and he said, I set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. I set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. And, of course, he was talking about the passion uh, with which he poured out his sermons. 
And that's us, but not just in our talk, but in our walks as well. We want to transform our workplace. We want to transform our families, our homes, our neighborhoods. We want to be a people that are set aflame for God, who are sold out to him. And so over the last several months, we've been wrestling and we've been praying, we've been thinking and writing about what does it look like to be an on-fire follower of Jesus? What does it look like to be the type of person that God dreamed of when he dreamed you up at the very beginning? And so um, so Sarah, our worship leader, is also um, just a killer graphic artist, and she does all of our slides and stuff. And so Sarah... Um, made a visual for us. And I want to, I want to walk you guys through this, this fire. I, if I were better at like slides, I'd be able to make that bigger. This is the best I could do, but this is the picture. Okay. So I want you guys to note it, take a look at this. And what you'll see is that there's a flame and there's some coals and there's actually four different flames, right? Four different flames, four different colors in those coals. And each one of those flames actually represents an idea. Each one of those flames represents a value or a goal or something that's really, really important to us. And so what I want to do is I want to uh, sort of unpack for you, what is it that we're talking about? Because you've heard us say that we want to just be on fire for God, but I want you to know what it is that we mean, because I want all of us to be impactful. I want all of us to be able to look back at our lives and say, I'm so glad that I lived the way that I lived. I'm so glad that I gave myself to the kingdom. I'm so glad that I walked in the way that I walked before God and before people. We have that opportunity and that, that choice to make today. It won't be perfect, but I don't have many regrets in my life. And so let's look at our flame here. Our first flame, flame number one would be this. What would be our first flame, our first value, this first idea for us? And it's this, simply this. We want to be a people and we want to be a church who give ourselves to a vibrant, intimate, daily friendship with Jesus. We want to be the type of people and the type of church that have given ourselves and know how to cultivate a vibrant, deep connection, a deep friendship with Jesus. But of course, I know that you know this from experience. This actually can be an area sometimes where we have lots of regrets because for a lot of people and for probably all of us at one time or another, our connection with God, instead of being a source of life, it could be a source of guilt. It could be a source of shame because we haven't been connecting with him the way that we want to. We haven't been walking with him. Uh, and really, if we're feeling guilt or shame, that, that's just sort of the current expression, the current emotion of what will later become a regret. And I know that most of us have cycled sort of through times of feeling really close. Have you ever had a, a, a space and time in your life where um, you felt really, really close to God? Raise your hand if you've, if you've had those moments. Have you had the opposite? Have you had spaces and moments in your life where you just felt distant and you felt far from him? And, and because you were feeling that way, you probably, if you're anything like me, you probably felt shame about it or regret or embarrassment. You didn't want people to know about it. You felt bad about going back to God, right? And so I don't know what your relationship and your connection with God is like right now at this moment, but right now at this moment for a second, I want you to, to think about what would you like your connection with God to be? What would you like it to be like right now? If you could just script it, if you could just write it up and it would happen, if I could just touch you on the head with my little magic wand and give you the perfect relationship with God in this moment, what would it look like? What kind of relationship would you have? 
Actually, I'm going to do this. Give me, somebody just give me a word. Like, what, what would you like your, okay, John, give me one word, buddy. Okay, good. Thank you, man. Anybody else? What would you want your relationship to be like? Give me a, a word or an adjective or a quick phrase or something. Anybody? Pat, who said that? Very nice, Sarah. Passionate. Somebody else? Joy, full of joy. Yeah. What's that? Intimate. Good, good. Any others? Somebody said fun? Oh, I love that. Okay, good, good. So think about your relationship with God and what you would really like it to be like. Maybe um, for you, you would like your relationship with God to be fresh and daily instead of your your connection with him going days and days without you talking to him or seeing him. Maybe it would feel to you as current as the air that you're breathing. Maybe your relationship with God would be marked with like warmth and affection in your heart rather than sort of feeling like cold or distant or feeling those feelings of, of guilt or something like that. Maybe in your dream relationship with Jesus, you had a relationship where you would actually, Jesus would actually bring you peace and actually bring you strength that your connection with him would literally build you up and give you the strength that you need day by day, right? Um, if you were just to have the perfect relationship, um, life maybe wouldn't get you so down because you would know how to draw life from him rather than feeling like you've lost God's phone number. You have no idea how to get a hold of him. I mean, for a moment, I just want you to dream about what is in your heart for your own connection with God, right? Uh, maybe it would be to see the power of God manifest in your life where you could, you had confidence that you would see God move in answer to your prayer. Well, all of those dreams that are in your hearts, those are in our hearts for you as well. That's what we're striving for. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're fighting for. And if we got a window into God's heart for what his desire would be for a connection with you, do you know what it would be? I think one of the, the, the best verses that would encapsulate the dream of God's heart for our connection with him would be in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. And here he says this, I have loved you, my people. With an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. I have loved you, my people. With an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. His, his dream for you and I is an abiding friendship, an abiding love affair. In my read through the Bible yesterday, I um, found myself in the, the Song of Solomon. That is a crazy book, people. If you want to get another aspect of the love of God, it is an interesting book to read. But God loves us that much. And his dream for us is that that we would experience a, a relationship and a love with him that is truer than any marriage. It's deeper than any any love that a parent could have for a child or a friend could have for a friend. That's That's God's heart for you and for me, you guys. And when people asked Jesus, when they said, hey, you know, what's, what's the most important thing? Like, point us in the right direction. Tell us what this is all about. Jesus said it's about love, loving God with absolutely everything, everything that you are and everything that you have. This is the kind of relationship that we're called to experience and invited to experience with God. And I know that some of you guys have tasted this. I had, um, I had a revelation one time of the love of God uh, that was so profound to me, I can still see it in my eyes. And I saw that the love of God literally saturated everything. 
It saturated everything. And it was so, it was almost like the matrix. I, I can't even describe to you what that was like, but I literally weeped for hours and hours and hours. That's how powerful it was. That is what is available to you and I. That's what we're being invited into. And that's what he has for us. And so um, we're going to build a lifetime of loving God and developing deep relationship with him. And that's what it means to be on fire. And so as we work together, we're going to work together to be a place where you can learn how to experience this vibrant Deep friendship with God. And one of the things that we're going to be doing in the fall, just so you're aware, and we'll talk lots more about this, but in the fall, we're going to be launching these uh, Rooted small groups. And Rooted is this incredible uh, curriculum. It's this 11-week um, just time of going deep with the Lord together in community. And we've already uh, kind of piloted a couple of these groups, and we're going to launch them in earnest in the fall for all of us. And it will take your relationship with God so much deeper than it ever has before. And it will also take your connection with each other so much deeper. And so sort of by means of an application on this first flame of ours, I just want to ask you, what could you do today to cultivate that deeper friendship, that connection, that, that love affair with God. It will probably mean, uh, it will probably mean turning off the TV or turning off the radio. It'll, pre- it'll mean turning off social media or video games and just looking to find God today. Molly and I, uh, last night, we just had a quiet night and I just spent the time praying and worshiping and reading the Bible and just allowing God to open up my heart. That's what we did on a Saturday night. It's not what we do on every Saturday night, but I will tell you how blessed I am for that time with the Lord to go to a quiet place and offer my heart to God. And the psalmist, the psalmist wrote this. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, you could just feel this welling up in him. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. That is the invitation right there. And that's what we think it means to be an on-fire follower of Jesus. It means to have a vital, daily, living, breathing encounter with God where we can truly be loved and known by him as we truly love him and know him in return. And I have often regretted missing God. I have often regretted not turning to him, not spending time with him, not giving myself over to him, but I have never once ever regretted my pursuit of him. I've never regretted those times that I had with him, even those times of taking risks with him. And I want to encourage you and invite you to go after it too. And I know that you'll be glad that you did. That's our first flame. You guys okay? Flame number two. We're only doing two today. The second flame, we'll do the rest next week. What does it mean to be on fire? It means that we are a people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're people who walk in spirit-filled life. And we see that by the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, right? We see a growing Christ-likeness in us as the Holy Spirit fills us more and more. And so we see things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. We see those things stirred up and growing exponentially in our lives. And at the same time, we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
activated and at work, released into our midst and released into our communities, that we need the filling and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in a bad way. And the second regret that we might have is simply not living up to our God-given potential as people who are quite simply filled with God. We are a people that are storehouses for the creator of everything. That's who we are. And oftentimes, we have missed out on living into the fullest experience of a people who are filled with his spirit. And I wonder if you've ever felt like you were made for more than the life that you are currently living. Have you ever felt like you were made for more than what you've already experienced in this life? Maybe you've been, you've dreamed of uh, making a varsity sport when you were in college or in high school or something like that. Maybe you dreamed uh, 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 of playing for the Bulls. That's a pipe dream, right? That's probably not going to happen. Uh, but what I'm talking about is becoming everything that we were created to be, right? Like uh, maybe we wanted to uh, get a graduate degree. Maybe we thought that we would be promoted more quickly or more highly in our workplaces. Maybe we felt like there was a ministry that we were called to do, but we We were just too scared to step out and do it for whatever reason or things kind of blockaded our way. I know that probably every one of us, somewhere in the deep downs of our heart, there are dreams that God has put in there. There are things that he has stirred up in us. And maybe there are things in there that you have never actually talked to any about. Nobody even knows about those things, but you and God, you have this personal sort of vision for your life, this nagging. And and if we don't walk in those things, it comes with this sort of nagging sense of regret because it hasn't yet come to pass, right? I know that I, again, I want to be transparent with you guys. I have regrets around not pursuing healing earlier on in my marriage so that I could be a better husband to Molly. I could be a better follower, uh, a better father to my kids, right? But one of the conclusions that I've actually drawn uh, as I've done ministry for over 20 years, and one of the conclusions I've drawn about as I've walked on planet Earth for more than 50 years is that generally, I think that people just do the best they can. I honestly think that everybody is just doing the best that they can. And they don't, and the reason they don't do better isn't because they don't want it. We want it, don't we? Like if you don't have a breakthrough in your life, is it because you don't want it enough? It's not that. And it's not that you're not trying. What we lack is power. On our own, we lack ability, but not God. And that's why we need this second flame. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must have the whole, the Spirit of God activated and released in our lives to the full. And Jesus said something really, really interesting in the Gospel of John. In John 15, verse 5, he said this, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Now, if you remain in me, if you abide in me and I in me, in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do, say it out loud, nothing. Apart from me. What's going on? Are you trying to? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sarah. I thought you were telling me to do something. <laughs> kind of outed around that one. Okay, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said. That is an incredible... 
incredible statement, right? He says that if you remain in me, if you abide with me, if you stay connected to me in flame number one, your life will be incredibly fruitful. It'll be more fruitful than what you could have dreamed of, right? But apart from me, if you try to do life on your own, you really can do nothing. And yet, how often is it, you guys, that we actually just try to tackle our lives and we try to tackle all that the world throws at us in all of its mess on our own? And I don't know why we try to do so much of it on our own, but we do. But God has another plan for us, and it is to walk in power, his power. And the, the, the word power is all over the New Testament. It's a Greek word. Uh, it's called dunamis, right? Has anybody heard the word dunamis? So dunamis is the word for power in the Greek. And it, it, it sort of means the, the definition is strength or power or ability. And it's the root word for the English words like dynamite and dynamo and things like that. But listen to what Jesus has to say. Listen to what the Bible has to say about this power that he has given us through the person, the Holy Spirit. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, but you will receive, say the word, power when the, uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Sarah, are we okay? <laughs> Just checking. 2 Timothy verse 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. This is Paul writing. This is an amazing few lines here. Just listen to this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to read that one more time. Just let this saturate your heart right now. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, his dunamis power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I want to say to us thrivers that one of the things that sets us apart from lots of other churches, not all other churches, but lots, is that we understand how completely bankrupt we are apart from the Spirit of God. We know how desperately we need the Spirit of God activated and actively at work in our lives. And I have sort of a picture of it for us. So um, this is a stool. I know that we're down here, so some of you guys may not be able to see it. But right here, this is Guy Fieri's uh, Chipotle salsa. I just bought it this morning, okay? Somebody's going to get this salsa, by the way. Pretty exciting, right? Um, when Molly does sermons, <laughs> I like to say that it costs Thrive two or three hundred bucks every time she preaches because she's always she's like Oprah. She just like to give stuff away. It's much cheaper when I preach. But but here's the here's the picture of it. So my you guys probably know this, but my friends make fun of me because I'm a crier. Right? So I'm a crier, and we all know it. And if you've been at this church for more than like eight weeks, you'll see me cry. It's, I'm on like a cycle of like once every six to eight weeks. I just weep up here. I don't know why. Uh, and so my friends heckle me about that. And that's fine because I'm secure, right? Um, 
But one of the things that actually makes me feel like a man is something that happens at home on a semi-regular basis. And what will be happening is, is that Molly and I will be in the kitchen and we'll be cooking something, making dinner or whatever, and she'll need to open up a jar of something, right? And she usually like gives it the old college try and then she says, hey, can you open this up for me? And I puff out my chest and I say, you bet I can, babe. And then I turn around so she can't see the vein. Like, and I, there it is. Oh, a little lightheaded. And then I just hand it to her and say, there you go. And I keep waiting for her to fall at my feet and wrap her arms around my legs. And just so, my hero. And all I ever get is like a, just like a, thanks. You know, it's like, okay, okay, fine. But here's the point. Here's the point. This is a picture of us and the Holy Spirit. This is us and the Holy Spirit. We do life together. And the stuff that we are cooking with the Holy Spirit will very, very often put us in the very natural position where we need the strong hands of the Holy Spirit to do the hard work in our lives. We do life with God. We do life with the Spirit. We're not going to be able to get the jar open. Not being able, for example, to heal the person in front of us that we desperately want to be to see healed. Not having patience enough to love that insufferable person at work. Not having enough faith or stamina to pray that loved one into the kingdom after years and years and years. Not having the strength to conquer an addiction. Not being able to do any of those things in our own strength doesn't mean that they weren't meant to happen any more than it means that Molly wasn't meant to have salsa on her chips. It's the same thing. It just means that we were meant to do life in partnership with the Spirit of God. And we don't struggle and we don't strain and we don't sweat over everything and we don't quit. We just turn to the Spirit and we do life together again and again and again, that's how we do life, right? Who likes salsa? Uh, man, okay, Emily, you're close. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully she doesn't get salmonella. <laughs> okay. So, um, this is the life that we are called to. And we are called to a life where we are made to transform our community around us. We are made to bring transformation to Rangrove Village. We're, we endeavor to be a healing church that when people come into this place, they come and they can get healed of all kinds of things. Heart hurts and emotional hurts and physical wounds and things like that. All of that stuff is on the table for God. But we know that our best efforts won't get us across the street. We could never do that stuff. And that's why, as a people that are on fire for God, we are a people who are filled with and empowered by and do life together with the Spirit of God. And so my challenge to you this morning, and it's an important challenge, is to call on the Holy Spirit and to talk to the Holy Spirit more than you currently do to kind of get spirit-oriented as the presence of Jesus, as the presence of the Father, to love the Spirit as much as the Father does, to rely and walk with the Spirit as much as Jesus does. 
And I don't know if that means that you, you write a note and you put it on your mirror at home or on the dashboard of your car that says the Spirit is here. I don't know how you do that, but I want to call you and challenge you to interact with the Spirit of God more than you currently do. This is the picture of our life. We do life together. And I know that lots of us in this room have grown up in a stream where the Spirit was ignored, the Spirit took the last place at the table, the Spirit was seen with suspicion, right? Uh, And maybe we've kind of avoided the Spirit, but I, I know that I did. But we ignore the Holy Spirit at great cost to ourselves. We ignore the Holy Spirit at great cost to our healing, to our character, to our development as followers of Jesus, to our maturation, and we ignore the Spirit at great cost to our wives if we have them, our husbands if we have them, our children, our friends, our co-workers. Everyone pays when Christians don't go after the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. But what a joy that we don't have to live with that regret. And so I'm inviting us to be a people who love the Spirit as much as the Father does, who keep in step with the Spirit as much as Jesus did. And I know that when we pursue God through the Spirit, we will absolutely be glad that we did that. Amen? So recap. What do we mean when we say that we're a people on fire? We mean that we pursue a vibrant friendship, connection, love affair with God, and we see that connection growing day by day by day until that connection is almost like the air that we breathe. And secondly, when we meet, when we talk about being on fire, what we talk about is being filled with God's spirit. And so um, I'm done, and I want to kind of do application together. I want to pray over you guys right now. And so if you guys would just stand up. And we're just going to, um, we're going to just spend, it's 10.55. We're going to take the next few minutes, five minutes or so. And we're just going to pursue the spirit of God together. And so I would just uh, encourage you to um, just kind of do whatever you do best to receive. Um, I, I close my eyes a lot because it helps me with distraction. Um, sometimes just opening up your hands is helpful. Uh, just like you're receiving a gift. But we're just going to invite the Spirit to come and to do whatever it is that, that the Spirit wants to do. Certainly it's to minister to your heart. It's to strengthen you. And so, um, uh, Holy Spirit, we, we thank you that before, uh, you know, even Andrew in back on, on sound, before... Andrew showed up this morning. Before any one of us showed up this morning, you were here. Jesus, you were interceding for us before we woke up this morning. It's your great desire, Jesus, I know, that we would be filled with and encounter you in your spirit today. And so we just invite you, Spirit, to come and to rest on every one of us right now. Come, Holy Spirit, just pour yourself out. As the Spirit is, um, is ministering to you, 
Uh, some of you will, will hear him sort of speak something to you that you'll kind of go, I think that's God speaking. We're going to go even farther than that. I just pray, uh, Lord, that you would um, pour yourself out and that you would touch us so deeply that we could even feel your presence. It's not a it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to feel your presence in our hearts, to feel the warmth of your love. Come, Holy Spirit. I, I, I sense um, the Spirit drawing, calling you. There, there are some of us right now that the Spirit is just like, like pulling you in, drawing you in, almost like come, you know, pulling you in for a hug or something like that. Just allow yourself to be drawn into the presence of God. As you guys keep just letting the Holy Spirit come, I'm just going to call out what I sense the Holy Spirit doing. And I, Jessica Rossi, I feel like the Holy Spirit is on you, especially I feel like there's like a, there was something about where a slave would would get their ear pierced and it was like a marking of like um, I've given myself to you no matter what and I, I just sense God just um, doing that this morning like just that no matter what you're, you've given yourself to him no matter what and he's just on you um, the Holy Spirit's just on you in such a strong way right now and just sealing um, the commitment and the faith in a new way your heart. Sense, I sense the gentleness of the Holy Spirit on you, that you reflect the gentleness of God in such a unique way. And I just sense that there's just, I just sense like the, just the gentleness of God on you, where there's many people maybe look for loud or out there personalities, but there's just this gentleness that you reflect it comes through your life. And so I just bless that, Mia, the gentleness of God on you. Um, so just keep, just keep receiving from, from God. I, um, last night as I was praying for our time together this morning, I asked um, God to just share with me some of the things that he wanted to do this morning. And um, very quickly after I asked God to, to just speak to me or to reveal to me what he wanted to do this morning, I had this this strong uh, kind of welling up of um, just a sense of love for God, a sense of peace in him, and just kind of an adoration. And the way that my process works is that if I ask God to speak to me and then something sort of immediately comes and it seems and feels biblical, I trust that that's God. And so one of the things that I know is that this morning, God is going to stir up some of your hearts and you're going to feel his love for you right now. You're going to feel how deeply he adores you. You're going to feel the love of God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just give us more. Give us more. The, um, the second thing, as I was just spending that time with the Lord and asking him to speak, 
I, I saw a picture of a uh, kind of a bathtub with one of those old-time plugs that is attached to a chain. And, um, and I just sort of felt like the Lord was pulling that chain and that plug out. And I sort of felt like God is going to be delivering some of us from anger and bitterness. And that, uh, and that anger and bitterness is just going to be poured out of us uh, in this ministry time. And so, uh, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are delivering right now uh, delivering us from bitterness, that you're delivering us from anger right now, and it's just just pouring out right now. 